Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jenna Morton. And I'm Tosh Taylor. And we're back at home today. We are. <laughs> we are. And, it's always something yeah. new. It's always something new, and the, honestly, uh, the reason is just because we did, we're feeling lazy today. So, <laughs> so we're we're at home and not at the studio. So nothing to fear there. Um, I'm excited today because we're talking to someone whom I have been dealing with for many many years um, through my job at the radio station. Uh, Lisa Malay has been with the IWK since 2007, and you are the relationship manager for New Brunswick. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So we're excited to talk to you today because over the past year, things obviously have changed significantly. We used to, many, many years ago, do a really cool radiothon for the IWK that was so much fun. And um, kind of the fundraising obviously has has pivoted. And we wanted to talk to you about how that has changed. Um, but first, I think it's important to talk about the IWK and what the IWK means to New Brunswick families. Yes, well, the IWK is a tertiary health center that serves the needs of patients from all over the Maritimes, including here in New Brunswick. It's the largest facility in Atlantic Canada, caring for patients uh, from before they're born until the age of 21 uh, years, and the only level one pediatric trauma center east of Quebec. So we're lucky to have such a facility right here at home in our provinces. And it's one of the only two health centers in, across Canada that cares for both women and children. So we do see New Brunswick women as well. And it's uh, one of uh, only two other freestanding children's hospital across Canada. The rest of the hospitals uh, are within larger hospitals uh, in their area. So we have, um, when we say tertiary center, we have the expertise services to care for families uh, and patients who don't have those expertise in their community. So the IWK will be the next step for next stop for them. That's really fascinating. I didn't realize that there were so few children focused hospitals across Canada. I know there's a lot of places that specialize in different things, but I hadn't realized that there were so few that are just children focused, which would be it's so incredible. It really does change the the atmosphere and the nature of what's happening when your your facility can focus so well. Exactly. There is the services for children across Canada, but uh, to have a freestanding hospital dedicated to children and women, uh, that's one of two unique settings. And we have that here. Yeah. So your your role as relationship manager, what what does that mean for you? What do you do with the IWK? So I'm the contact person here in New Brunswick for the IWK. I'm kind of the face of the foundation for anyone, individuals, um, community group, businesses, uh, employee base that want to fundraise for the IWK. And uh, most of the donors uh, raise funds for our biggest public event, which is our telethon that happens always the first weekend of June. And so I'm there to support them. Uh, I also, you know, work at trying to find new support for the foundation uh, as well. And, uh, you know, we work with um, corporations as well, sponsorships, uh, all that good stuff to raise important funds uh, that help patients at the IWK. Excellent. Okay. So let's move on to that then. Uh, let's talk about kind of how that has changed over the last year, first of all, because with, with us being uh, at home, you've had to go about different ways of raising funds for the IWK. Yes. So my work is already, uh, I work remotely for the foundations. I'm located right here outside of Moncton. I work from home. So I've already been doing that, but it certainly has changed. Whereas 
uh, the situation is the same for everyone. My colleagues currently uh, are in Halifax and they're all working from home for the next two weeks. Our office is closed officially today with what's happening over there. Um, so it's always changing, always new challenges and we have to adapt and uh, be innovative. Um, this last year has been unlike anything we've experienced before. Our world has changed, our history has changed, our community looks and feels different than it once did. And But what hasn't changed is that, and will never change is that our women and children need the IWK and they need it to remain exceptional for them. Uh, so we still have to raise funds because, you know, patients haven't stopped needing the IWK because of COVID. Uh, so we've been impacted for sure, uh, especially that when the pandemic started mid-March, uh, as I mentioned, our telethon is the first weekend of June, and that's when a lot of our fundraising donors, partners do their fundraising campaign. It's right, right before telethon, and it's public fundraising for the most part, so that couldn't happen. So um, there, there's been uh, some, some impact for sure and continues to have some. Uh, this year, we're seeing uh, a little bit more uh, fundraising taking place. Uh, we have our big partners, uh, you know, like Walmart, Costco. Costco's in campaign right now asking donations at the cash. Thankfully, you know, we still have these amazing partners continue their support regardless of COVID uh, that help us raise important funds that never have we been more grateful for. So, um, you know, the virtual world of things has been a very important part of fundraising in the past year. Uh, and it's just finding new ways of doing things. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's keeping us busy and uh, always thinking outside the box. So uh, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting and fun and it's been heartwarming to see uh, the continued support from the community. Can you talk a little bit about what the telethon will look like in this strange new world because <laughs> it's still going to be different this year <laughs> it is going to be different so we're really excited that we can have a telethon because last year unfortunately our 36th telethon uh could not take place uh because we had to um factor in the safety and well-being of everyone involved uh we have our telethon in halifax typically uh at the health center the main event and then we have remote locations across the maritimes in sydney charlottetown and st john during that same weekend and so we have physical um events and locations so that couldn't happen last year, unfortunately. So, uh, but this year we're excited that we were able to announce that we will be having a 37th uh, IWK telethon, but it's going to be a one-day event instead of a full weekend. And uh, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on June 6th and uh, broadcast from the CTV studios in Halifax. So unfortunately, we're not able to have um, live check presentations as we would have uh, because of COVID restrictions, we're not able to be at the studio that day. So everything's going to be pre-recorded and we're in the midst of finalizing all our presentations. So we're going to do check presentation pictures, um, interviews, uh, pre-recorded uh, interviews and uh, check presentations. So uh, it's, it's going to be very different and we're excited about this new model. We're sad that we're not able to celebrate physically with everyone uh but uh we're we're happy that we're able to 
to still recognize our donors and raise important funds. So, so you talked about like uh, the big campaigns like Walmart and Costco. What are some smaller campaigns and or if somebody was a business and they wanted to raise money for the IWK, how would they go about doing that? Oh, great question. So, um, yes, we have, you know, we have all kinds of event sizes, fundraising event sizes. Like right now, our IHOP here in Moncton is doing a National Pancake Week fundraising for us. The IHOP is a new store uh, here in Moncton. It's their very first campaign. IHOP has a national partnership with Children's Miracle Network, where all the IHOPs across the country are raising funds for their local children's hospitals. So we're excited to, to have the support of IHOP this year. So uh, for them, if you go into IHOP this week and uh, enjoy a delicious meal, you can make a $5 donation. They'll give you a free uh, coupon for a free stack of pancakes to redeem at your next visit. And that's going on until May 2nd on Sunday. So we really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, and if anyone, any businesses or individuals would like to do fundraising for the IWK, please reach out to us. Uh, we're there to support you. We'd love to know what you are wanting to do and how we can help you with your efforts. So you can uh, look us up online at iwkfoundation.org org or uh, call us at 1-800-595-2266 and they will uh, liaise you with one of our teammates on the uh, fundraising side. Can you talk about some of the campaigns that have happened in the past? You've been in this role for more than a decade, so you must have seen some really amazing things come through. Yes, there's been all kinds of fundraising activities, uh, some really original ones. Uh, one of my most memorable ones uh, was uh, this lady who had called me to come to the event and she explained that they had a, a, a cattle beef steer auction uh, at their banquet. And um, I couldn't really grasp what that was. I you know, I couldn't imagine. So sure enough, I came to the event and there was this beautiful room with all these beautiful tables set up and a rink at the corner, far corner of the room with, you know, beef cattle coming in and people auctioning <laughs> for these beef cattle. That, that, was, that was amazing. And they, what they did is they, uh, they had this cake um, before they started the beef auction and they would raffle off the cake and they had these real auctioneers that talked really fast and it was like it, the energy was amazing and they would raffle the cake and then the group that bought it would give it back to have it auctioned again and they would do this at least uh, 10 times and they raised like $10,000 I think for the IWK which was just amazing so that that was that was uh, certainly a fun one to attend and you know you, you see everything you know from the traditional bake sale yard sales um, payroll deduction raffles uh, there there's so many head shaving uh, competition with women uh, <laughs> shaving their heads for the IWK which I think is the most generous thing ever um, yeah there, there's so many stories it's uh, it's it's really special to see how people can come up with these amazing ideas. There's, I, I know we have seen a few over the years. One of the ones um, I always love that you guys did was the change bandit campaign, um, which, you know, had the water buckets at the end of the cash or kids could collect their change within their school or whatever, because there's always a, an IWK superstar, a great kid in New Brunswick who has used the services of the IWK, um, which I always loved hearing their stories because I'm pretty sure you, you guys would have told us once upon a time, and maybe the numbers have changed since, but one in every four families in New Brunswick 
has used the IWK services or know somebody that has used the IWK services. And that's, as a mom, that's pretty easy to, to know. I'm sure every one of us on this call right now knows someone who has used the IWK. So yeah, exactly. We have a, a saying that we've been saying since I've started that everybody has a story about the IWK, it's yourself or somebody you know. And that's so very true. And sometimes you don't even know. I remember our Radiothon stories, the uh, parents sharing their stories and having people call them up or reach out or talk to them like, I didn't even know that you had gone to the IWK, right? So um, it's surprising. And I, I have a few stats from New Brunswick, if you want me to share it, just yes, to show please. the impact of the IWK has, especially in our province. So for the year 2019 to 2020, because 2020 and 2021 will come up this summer, but um, patients from New Brunswick had 13,722 IWK outpatient clinic visits. They made uh, 198 visits to the emergency department. There was approximately 636 inpatient stays. Um, so 67 moms and newborns and 559 children and youth. And there was 535 same, uh, same day surgery visits from New Brunswick. 35 babies were born at the IWK and they spent, patients spent a total of 4,608 days at the IWK just from New Brunswick. So we see the numbers show how vital and important the IWK is to um, our population here, but it also shows us how donations are vital to be able to provide that specialized care because without donations, we wouldn't have, you know, those specialized pieces of equipment that um, our healthcare providers need so, so desperately to provide the care they do, the research that we have, and uh, the new facilities, new improved facilities that uh, we're able to um, have, like our new NICU that we opened not too long ago, which has now 38 private patient rooms for uh, families and babies to stay together, which we know research shows that uh, in those conditions, baby, uh, babies do very much better. Uh, are able to leave the hospital sooner and less chances of having to come back to the hospital. So um, amazing things. And um, the NICU I talked about was 100% donor funded. So that's a, that's a lot of money, but that facility is one of a kind in North America when it opened. And that's right here in our, in our maritime provinces. So pretty lucky to have such a facility, but again, donations are what makes that place so amazing. Now, Jenna, as a yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a NICU family, right? So yeah, I can just imagine what a difference it would have been to have the boys in a room with you and not because I've heard so many people explain NICUs as like I mean they're obviously a wonderful place, but they're chaotic, right? So to have your yeah. own room, yeah. Before oh. there were these little um, spaces. I want to say they were seventy-five square feet of just divided by curtains with an incubator, a rocking chair. And that was it. And that was a huge uh, floor of, of these spaces where now it's all private rooms. We even have uh, a twin and triplet rooms to, uh, to make sure we have a space dedicated for these babies. And we just opened our new PICU, which now has 10 private rooms. And uh, two of those rooms can be combined together to create a surgical emergency room. If surgeries need to be done right there and then, they can do it. And there's one room that's um, zero, zero pressure uh, 
or negative pressure and one is positive pressure, you know, for burnt victims or for uh, patients with viral conditions. Uh, so amazing uh, new and improved facility right there. And again, that one was 100% donor funded. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing that these that these facilities exist here. And I think I know sometimes people in New Brunswick and outside of Halifax have a hard time wrapping their heads around why we can't have a children's hospital in each province. Because of course, we'd all love to have one, but you need to have it used often enough that you have, you know, the skill set there the specialists that you need and that you can have that kind of equipment and you can't afford to have that equipment sitting empty in a place where you might only get a couple cases a year. But if you can bring all the Maritimes together, because we are not that far apart people, (laughs) it's not that long of a trip and it feels like forever if it's you and your kid that are trying to travel there. But trust me, as someone who's had to travel to Toronto for care, (laughs) having something that close to home is absolutely incredible. Exactly. You have it perfectly right. I mean, yes, it, Halifax might not be next door for, uh, you know, especially for New Brunswick people, if I compare having that service right there in your uh, community. But imagine having to go to Montreal or Toronto, like you said, and we're small provinces together. I don't know if we make one of our you know, our neighbor provinces, uh, if we put ourselves all together. So resources wise, we can have one, but we can have one amazing facility. And really, it is like, I remember a story from one of my predecessors who said that they, there was a, a gathering at the health center, and he noticed that there was somebody there that wasn't one of the healthcare providers, and he chatted with them. And it was somebody from overseas that had come to the IWK to learn from one of our specialists because he, and he pointed him across the room and said, I'm here to learn from him because he is the best. And there are some of the best specialists at the IWK. And I don't say this because it's, you know, because it's my job, but it, it really is the case because we have all these amazing equipment and facilities thanks to donations and people, specialists want to work with those. They want to work with, uh, you know, some of the best um, places to work in. And so we're able to attract these amazing people to work at the IWK. And then, and again, donations, that's what helps make all of this happen. Okay, well, we're going to have to start cutting down the show here in just a second. Um, But I think that we need to really drive home the fact that no donation is too small. Don't don't ever think that your donation is too small, because I know that Lisa is talking about like really great, amazing equipment, but it's because of all of the people that donated, not just one singular person. Exactly. Every dollar counts and makes a difference. There's different ways of giving. You can go online and and donate right away, iwkfoundation.org. You can become a monthly donor, which we did a lot of pitching for during our IWK radiothons for a little less $15 a month was provide us the IWK with consistent funding that we can depend on so that when something is needed at the IWK urgently, uh, we have the money to respond to that need. So, uh, and then you can call 1-800-595-2266 and make a donation as well. And on our telephone on June 6th, uh, we encourage people to listen and call in and make their donation and we'll have some matching sponsors that will match your donations. So win-win. And uh, we just hope that people uh, uh, can support any way they can. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you for spending your time with us today. It's really, I don't know, it's something important. I think that parents should know about or people, Jen and I have kind of been on a bit of a kick of, of people moving to New Brunswick. Um, and if they're coming from those big cities, they're they're not realizing that we don't have the same services like sick kids or whatever, maybe west of that, because I have no idea outside of Ontario, but <laughs> I know there's other ones. <laughs> but it's good for people to know that that they're here and they're accessible. And it, just because they're in Halifax doesn't mean we can't use them. Exactly. Yes. Everything's we're all one out here in the Maritimes, right? Yeah. thank you so much lisa oh thank you thank you for listening to this episode we are thrilled that you're listening we hope you love it so much that you're going to hit the subscribe button you're going to like you're going to tell your friends and family don't forget to leave us that very important review as well and you can find us on all social media platforms me as tosh.wood taylor and you can follow pickle planet moncton on the website facebook or instagram